Hi there and welcome. You're listening to Animals and Us, Voices of a New Paradigm. My name is Avantika and I'm a researcher exploring animal consciousness, environmental sustainability, and planetary health. I want to help bring animal perspectives to the table and transform our relationship with the natural world. And I'm Barbara. I'm an animal communicator and retired veterinarian. My true passion is exploring the hearts and souls of animals and helping people come to a much deeper understanding of who the animals truly are at their core. This podcast is for anyone who loves animals and nature and has an interest in their own personal and spiritual development. We'll bring you powerful conversations with fascinating people about animal and nature sentience, consciousness, and communication. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey of love, respect, understanding, and care for the fellow beings who share our beautiful Mother Earth with us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Animals and Us, Voices of a New Paradigm. Today is going to be a solo cast, so it is just going to be me sharing my opinions on a specific matter. And before we get into anything, I just wanted to make sure you knew that whatever I share in this episode is my perspective and my opinion and it doesn't necessarily reflect everything that my co-host Barbara believes or what her perspectives or what her life lessons have taught her and so hopefully we'll have more conversations about this topic later in our episodes and you'll get to see what her life lessons and her what her personal experiences have taught her but in this particular episode I'm just sharing my thoughts and my viewpoints about this topic. I've had something on my mind for quite a few months now, and especially when I started diving deep into animal consciousness and learning how to communicate with animals, this was one of the first topics that came to my mind as something I was interested in finding out more about. So today's episode is going to be really talking about how animals feel about being consumed by us or how they feel about us humans using them, consuming them, or their byproducts. As a vegetarian um, who's been vegetarian my whole life, this was something that struck me as being interesting right off the bat because I really wanted to understand how they feel, what their perspectives are, how do they feel about how things are going today in terms of consumption of animals and animal byproducts. So today's episode is going to be, you know, I'll be sharing some of my thoughts and I'll also be sharing an excerpt from Dr. Linda Bender's book called Animal Wisdom. And if any of you heard her on our last episode, this is the book that she published. And there's a beautiful piece in there about death and dying and how animals perceive the predator and prey relationship. So to backtrack a little bit, we've started talking a little bit about how to communicate with animals through intuition and through our telepathic abilities. And it's through these innate human abilities that we can actually tune into the energy of any living being on the planet. We can connect with them. We can exchange information with them. So we've referred to this phenomenon as animal communication, which is really specifically looking at 
us communicating with animals, but more broadly, and especially in the academic world now, it's being referred to as intuitive interspecies communication. And what that refers to is developing and cultivating our intuitive skills so that we can use our senses to exchange thoughts, ideas, and feelings with animals. And to be honest, I think many of us actually do this on a regular basis, and we're probably not even aware of it. So if you think about those times that you just felt like you knew what your dog needed or what your cat needed from you, or you felt that maybe they knew exactly what you needed, or the times that you might have thought, wow, you're so smart, how did you know that was going to happen? Or how did you know I was thinking that? There's this feeling of being so connected that there's this flow and this understanding between you and your companion animal. Personally speaking, something that's I've really picked up on recently, um, you know, with COVID and being home more often, is that my one of my dogs can sense when my husband is packing up at work, which is a good 10 to 15 minute drive from home. You know, I have not talked to him on the phone, so it's not like my dog has heard him speaking on the phone. It's not like there's some external indicator that it's time. And my husband also works different hours of the day every day. So there's really no consistency, no routine. But I've noticed that somehow there's there's a certain time when my older dog Simba just seems to start getting antsy and excited and you just know that something is up and the last time that happened I called my husband and I said hey are you packing up to come home sometime soon and he said yeah I'm just packing up right now and I just told my coworker that I haven't seen my dogs all day I'm so excited to go home and see them I've been I've been out for a while and you know, in those moments, I, I really feel that none of this is random and none of this is coincidental. There is a special bond that exists between us and our companion animals. And they're like family members. So the bond that we develop with them day in and out, it becomes stronger and stronger as we spend more time with them. But I actually believe that there might be much more happening than that connection and that bond we have with them. I truly believe that they're constantly communicating with us and we're constantly communicating with them, not just verbally or through the sounds we make or the body language we have, but we are constantly communicating with them in our minds and through our hearts. And just like we can communicate with the companion animals that we share our lives with, we can also communicate with animals that we interact with in zoos, in aquariums, service and work animals. We can communicate with animals in the wild that we don't even know. So it's really quite powerful what we can do when we start paying attention to this and we quiet down our minds and start paying attention to the bond and the connection that's forming with the animal that we want to connect with. But today I want to focus a little bit more on animals specifically that we consume or animals whose byproducts we consume. Wouldn't it be interesting to learn how the animals that we eat or use for their byproducts feel about being consumed by us? Well, from my personal experience and from what I have learned, here's the answer that I've come up with. Animals are compassionate, 
loving beings that are happy to sacrifice their livelihood for us or any other animal that has consumed them. They understand the circle of life. They understand the food chain. They understand survival of the fittest. These are not concepts that we have come up with. They understand all of these things. And sure, in the wild, you'll see animals running from their predators. You know, you can watch any nature documentary and you can see their survival instincts and their behaviors kicking in. And those are their survival instincts. So their fight or flight responses will kick in because they are trying to survive. However, ultimately, they are aware that by their dying, they can provide nourishment and sustenance to another living being. And with this understanding, they accept and appreciate being consumed for our needs. At the same time, though, animals also have the understanding and the collective awareness about exploitation. So they're aware that we humans have created a world where we often take and consume way more than we need and way more than what the natural world can offer. And so we've developed these systems to manipulate and modify the natural ways of existence to get more. And I don't think I need to go into much detail here to paint a picture for you about what I'm referring to. If you've spent any time on social media or on the news, I'm sure you've seen videos and posts about things that are happening, the gruesome reality that's out there. You may have even witnessed it yourself firsthand, the ways in which we have commodified animals and the things we do to capture them, to breed them, to modify their living arrangements and what they're fed and all of that so that we can get what it is that we want. And we've basically developed these systems to keep doing this and keep refining our systems so that we can get whatever it is we want and as much of it as we want. And it's in this process that we have become very disconnected from them. And unfortunately, this entire process is usually so far removed from us and it's so deeply ingrained in the society we live in. It's so commonplace and it's so normalized that most of us are quite complacent to the practices and processes that actually bring food to our plates. So while we may not truly understand or be aware of this, the animals are. This trauma and treatment and this objectification, it doesn't just go away when they give up their lives or when they're killed. So if we believe that animals are sentient, if we believe that they can feel things and they can sense things, and research has come out now to show that animals are sentient and countries around the world are coming out and saying that, yes, we believe animals are sentient. So if they can feel this pain and they're aware of the suffering that they're going through, they understand what's happening and they understand that they're suffering for our benefit. And ultimately, I do believe that they understand and appreciate the circle of life. They have tremendous love and compassion for us. I've heard that time and time again from various animal communicators and from so many of the books I've read and interviews I've watched and things that I've come across that animals have this never-ending amount of love and compassion for humans. So they understand why we do things. They have so much understanding and love for what it is we do and why we do it 
And they're constantly forgiving us, I think, for the things that we do. But in the midst of all that, they also know that we can do better. We can have more gratitude and more humility about what we take and what we consume. And they know this. They know that we can take better care of them. They know that humans have the knowledge, the skills, the resources. And most importantly, they know we have the compassion to take better care of the planet and all its beings that allow us, almost 8 billion human beings, to survive and thrive every day. And with that being said, I believe we can become more aware and more conscious consumers. Many of you, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably on board already. But I really do believe that we can take more time in our day to pay attention to what we're consuming and to spend a moment before we consume it to be grateful for where it came from. So I ask that each of us pay more attention to where our food is coming from and to consider how the animals were treated and how they felt before they came into our lives. And I ask that each of us become more mindful and give more gratitude for all the beings that were once alive, thinking, feeling, experiencing the world just like we do, and are now providing us with the food that we need to and we desire to eat. So can you acknowledge, appreciate, and be more mindful of what, or rather whom, you are consuming? Can you think of them as individual beings that are grateful that they could help you survive and thrive? And in return, can you give more grace and gratitude for their existence? So the next time, you know, you're drinking that glass of milk, or you're, you know, putting honey into your tea, or you're having that steak, or whatever it may be, in whatever form or capacity you are consuming any animal byproducts, can you take a moment to just say thank you for all the trillions of processes and things that are happening in nature that have given rise to these animals that have then provided in some way or the other for what you are consuming and what you're putting into your body? Because your thoughts, your feelings, and your intentions matter. And I believe that your appreciation and gratitude will be received by them through your innate intuitive abilities as a human. And ultimately, I believe we're all connected energetically. Whether or not we realize this or whether or not we have proof of this or whether or not we're conscious of this every moment, but we are energetic beings, not just humans, but all living beings on the planet. So we are connected. So if you want to stop and thank that goat or those goats who have given the milk that you're drinking or those sheep who've given that wool that's created this beautiful sweater you're wearing or if you're going to thank, you know, the chicken that's on your dinner plate, whatever it may be, I really do believe deep inside my heart that if you take a moment to say thank you, not just for having food on your plate or clothes on your back, But if you also say thank you for where that has come from, they will receive that message. And even if they don't, you lose absolutely nothing by living your life with more mindfulness and gratitude. And in fact, you probably already know this, but research has shown that living with mindfulness and gratitude can help us live happier, healthier lives. 
so there's really nothing to lose. And while it may take an extra few moments of your day to put this into practice, remember that all the animals in your life, in whatever capacity they exist, are connected to you and you are connected to them. And so going back to what I was saying, the companion animals in our lives, of course, have a really special place in our hearts because they're like family members. We spend every moment with them. They give us so much emotional and mental support. But that love and compassion for animals doesn't have to just stop at companion animals. It doesn't have to just be for the cats and dogs and hamsters and horses that we love. It actually should apply to all the animals in our lives, whether or not we realize who they are and whether or not we have a relationship with them. And on that note, I would like to read an excerpt from Dr. Linda Bender's book called Animal Wisdom. And when I read her book last year, this was one of the segments that really stood out for me because it helped me understand how they perceive the predator-prey relationship and how they perceive life and death and everything in between. And I think this is a perfect fit for what we're talking about here. So I'd like to just take a few minutes to read something from her book and I highly recommend if any of this resonates with you or if you enjoyed her episode last time to check out her book because I absolutely loved it and this is going to be a book that I read many times in my life and I also gift and share with other people. So I'm going to read a few paragraphs to you from her book where she specifically shares what she has received from the animals on the predator-prey relationship, and here's what they had to say. The beings, plants, fruits, grasses, all have life and purpose. The beings who eat the flesh of others have meaning and purpose, as do the ones they eat, and all have desire to live. There is nothing in the whole world of nature that is considered not alive or without purpose. Therefore, it is important to understand that all beings serve other beings. Like life, all food is a gift. We share our bodies as food for the greater good of all. This is the natural process of life and death in the wild. We are not so afraid of death. We are much more concerned about life, living, and surviving every day. We gather only what we need to survive and do not waste. The word kindness resonates to help describe the bigger meaning of prey and predator. Why? Because the source feeds all. And this means giving, not taking. Giving, allowing, and receiving are the words to describe prey and predator. Yes, those words are correct. Nature offers. There is not taking. The source of all and nature give generously so that all may prosper. We give of ourselves. Sometimes this involves giving up our life and all receive. The cycle of life and death is nature's law, which is source law. There is no life without death and death is not the end of life. All life in nature understands this. In death, we become another part of the cycle. When we are caught as prey, our life force, our energy, and body 
become part of the one who now lives because of us. Nature has provided our body as life for another, and we are part of nature's law. So as much as we fight for life, we are part of nature's law and love. We trust the way of nature, our earthly body and energy, never our soul, becomes part of the being who feeds on our body. This is sacred. Do you understand? In the wild, predator has great respect and gratitude for prey. This is a powerful and intimate bond, predator and prey. Yes, one lives and one meets death, but there is no good or bad. So I hope you enjoyed that excerpt from Linda's book. I just thought it was really important for us to hear their perceptions about giving and taking, and I thought it was really beautiful, so I'm, I'm happy I had a chance to share that. But I also want to share something else that the animals talked about in her book. They shared their perceptions on human mistreatment of the animals that we eat for food and how that has happened over time because we have a misunderstanding about the predator and prey relationship. So this is what the animals had to share about that. Humans' prey animals are not allowed to live as nature intended. A free, purposeful, joyous life is denied them. Sorrow and fear become their entire story. Their life energy is drained. They become sick. They are left to experience only communal fear, dread of the fate before them. Physical and emotional suffering is great and remains imprinted in the energy and body parts of these beings. The history of the life of the animal then becomes part of the one who eats this being. Remember, what you do to nature, you do to yourself. It is known that the beings bred and raised as what is the word? Prisoners in cages. If you are inflicting cruelty and suffering on the being you eat, what manifests in the body of that prisoner in a cage becomes part of your body, your energy, when you eat. This cannot be otherwise. Much needs to be corrected in human prey and predator ways, for all are suffering greatly, the humans also. Wow, so a lot to think about there. I hope you enjoyed hearing these two excerpts. These last few words were heavy and gave us a lot to think about in terms of the processes and the systems that bring food to our plates and this whole discussion about how the animals feel about being mistreated. It's a lot to take in. So if you're if you're listening to this episode and you know, you consume animal byproducts, I just want to say that I am by no means judging you or asking you to change how you do things at all. That was not the intention of this episode. And I know that we are all feeling this grief. We all feel badly about how things are going today and how animals are treated today. Uh, If you're listening to this episode right now, I know I know that you agree with me on that piece, but I hope that what we do take away is that the animals deserve an immense amount of gratitude from us. They deserve 
to be thought about mindfully. They deserve more respect from us. So if we can take anything away from this discussion, I hope that we can all be more mindful about what we consume, no matter what it is, whether it's animal byproducts or not, whatever it is that's bringing food to our plates. If we can be more mindful every day and if we can, of course, keep the animals in our hearts and in our minds and thank them from the bottom of our hearts for the nourishment and the sustenance that they're providing us that allow us to be healthy and live every single day. And I want to just take a quick moment to acknowledge on this point that I know this conversation is very complex and even emotional and controversial to some extent because eating habits and dietary preferences is very near and dear to each of us and we've all gone through our own life experiences and so I acknowledge that we may have different views on this and again I just wanted to reiterate that everything that I've shared in this episode has come from my personal experience and reflects my personal beliefs and values but in no way am I saying that that's the right way or the only way I'm just I just wanted to share my thoughts on the matter and if this conversation has interested you if any of this resonated with you please come back and check out future episodes. We will definitely be having more discussions about this topic. There's a lot of heated discussion out there about all the different beliefs and viewpoints people have. And I really feel like this is a place and a space where we can come together uh, in a loving way to share our thoughts and perspectives and dig a little deeper and see things from a different point of view especially considering what the animals have shared with us and how they feel and with that i just want to say thank you for tuning in for this episode and for being part of this discussion it's been on my mind for a long time and i'm really happy and really grateful to be sharing these thoughts with you today so before we end off we would like to share a short blessing and prayer for the animals We'd like to end this podcast by taking just a moment to be quiet. And we give thanks and blessings to these amazing animals that we share our lives with. They give us so much and ask for so little in return. We hope that you can keep the animals and all living beings in your heart and in your mind as you go about your day. Thank you so much for being here with us today.